Last week on Axes, Armor, and Amulets. The party has finally left Longsaddle, with a stranger leading the way. Can he be trusted? And now that they've arrived to Twilight Tor, where is Harshnag? Find out this week on episode 53, Drinks for the Dead. I'm being good, man. Yeah, you were. You were good. You were good. Does does the um, Sarvan guy know that you like can change into Pansy? He no. knows me. Gotcha. Welcome back, everyone, to Axe's Armor and Amulets. Hi. Yeah, I don't hello. have. I don't have anything. Wait, wait hello. I drew That's a blank. because we like just recorded episode fifty-two. Wait, why am I in Emma voice? Uh-huh. Thanks for joining us, Emma. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, kind of fun being in this weird world <laughs> that you guys live in. It's really weird. I, um, I'm going to go back wall. to the podcast world. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes the immersion guy. I'm that, sorry. That's what I did it for you? Not all, the, not all the penis <laughs> jokes? <laughs> I mean... Or, or, I'd like or the dogs bear. barking in the background, or my children, you know, running around, yipping no, and hollering. No, it's Emma breaking the fourth wall and saying hi to the audience that, that, I'm sorry, my characters do that to me. There's a tavern in my head, and... Don't be a bad guy up there. You know, I... I saw on TikTok, and I, I have no idea who it was because it was so long ago that I saw this, but the BBEG of their campaign knew that these adventurers were controlled by otherworldly beings. And so, like, the entire purpose of the BBEG was to kill these adventurers because they weren't real. Like, they weren't really them. Oh, wow. And so, like, the BBEG had this understanding of the fourth wall, but didn't know what was on the other side of it. And, like, that was his justification for the party, was the party encountered him. They said something about him that they couldn't have possibly known. And upon his, like, pressuring them, you know, the party kept, doing what parties do, you know, when they're joking around and saying things that don't make sense, you know, about our world and their, you know, their world, quote unquote. Right. And so the DM decided, like, you know what? This is going to drive this character to the point of madness. Oh, my God. That they were, that these adventurers are not really adventurers. They're imposters of some sort that, like, are being manipulated and controlled from another place and don't belong here. And so this this BBEG ended up, like, causing all of this havoc only to try to kill the party, seeing himself as the savior of the world, doing whatever it takes to get rid of these, uh, you know, these uh, these ancient ones. These ancient ones is what he called them. My goodness. So there was, in National Novel Writing Month, oh, God, 
I don't know how many years ago because I was actually writing my sci-fi at the time. Like one of the challenges was to have one of your characters know that they were part of a novel. So I chose my um, sentient feline, sarcastic as he is, and it was hilarious throughout as I was writing. It just not. But the best part was is he's telepathic and he couldn't actually communicate this to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we just had this commentary going throughout the whole novel. You know, I it was beautiful. I think I think a good like legit fourth wall break is awesome for a story or mm. uh, you know a, a game or a movie. I mean, who who doesn't love Deadpool? And the entire, and the entire or She Hulk and the entire like gimmick of Deadpool is that he knows he's just yeah a, a, a character. It and, can be quite fun when he mentions like, oh, in this episode we do this, and you're like, oh, stop it. Yeah. Uh, are you Captain Picard, or are you Xavier Charles in this one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really like when the characters, like, because sometimes he says it out loud and the, whoever the writer is, has the characters notice that he's saying things, and they're like, what the heck are you talking about? I've seen a couple times where like Wolverine will give him like a weird look when he says stuff like that. It's yeah. pretty fun. Wait, what? Uh-oh. Anyways, good good fourth fourth wall break. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it would be really hard. I mean, to come up with a BBEG on the fly like that. Like, I don't know if I could if I could do that. I mean, in one of my novels, the the BBGE. Um, he started off as he was just supposed to be an asshole, um, and thus he got the name of Jackibus Holowski. And then he developed into something way more yucky and gross, and um, I really dislike him as I've continued writing that story. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, he was very into torture, and I did not like having him in my head when I was researching medieval torture devices, because he was then telling me how he was using them. It's really weird to have, like, characters living in your head who aren't you, and especially when they're not your main characters, who are going to be, like, closer to who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, writing an evil person and writing some scenes from his perspective, because I needed to kind of know what was going on in those scenes, it, it just made my skin crawl. I have I have such a fun concept for an evil character. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if I've shared this with you guys but like this I I don't remember where I saw that if it was a you know a, a TikTok video on Facebook or you know something on Instagram I saw or whatever but it was talking about like it was this guy talking about as Jedi uh, you know, oh, we just we just found out we're force sensitive. Like we're going to be the greatest Jedi on the planet. And like the second person turns and looks at him and goes, "Jedi," and I was like, "Oh my god, I want to play the twin brother." Like, and whether they're you know like Dragonborn or I, I think I think I've narrowed in on Dragonborn that they're both spelt like they're both sorcerers. You know, that their bloodline, you know, the, the magic in their blood right, is finally right. kicked in. And we're going to be powerful. We're going to be able to do all these cool things and help people and all this. And then the the brother that 
you know, and like, and the part people. the part of the story, like the part of the story, would be because they're they're twins. You wouldn't actually know which one I'm playing, but the other <laughs> one, you know, the first one's excited <laughs> to be adventure, and the other one's like, "What do you mean to go help people?" And have Have you seen the Xena episode in which Joxer's twin brother shows up? No. So Joxer's <laughs> twin brother happens to be an assassin. But they're twin. Well, I mean, technically played by the same person, but they're twins. Uh-huh. And it's just really hilarious as you ask, as you watch, like Gabrielle, like not knowing who is who. Uh huh. <laughs> and then at the very end, like the twin brother goes to like Joxer, and he's like, "I like her. You should keep her." <laughs> it was really hilarious because, like, I forget what role he played in the story, but it was just like. You know, his jocks are bumbling idiot trying to do the good in the world, and then his assassin brother. So, as much as I love the banter, is it, uh, would it be possible to start playing? Uh, yes. Yep. Oh, someone's, okay. someone's getting I'm anxious. Sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm All just, right. I got like two hours of sleep last night, so I'm very tired. Oh, uh, we got Sleepy Kyle tonight. Okay. All right. Sleepy sleepy Kyle. Kyle. Hey, good, good news Torben is no longer hungover or has exhaustion. Yeah, but I was using that as an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I, oh, it's all coming together now. When you want your character to have a debilitating effect, it's because you have a debilitating effect. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it made okay. sense that he was hungover. He drank a lot in that last episode. Is, yeah, is that what Kyle did and didn't get enough sleep? Uh, no, no, that's this weekend. Oh, okay, all right. Okay. All right. Well, at the behest of Sleepy Kyle, we're going to cut the banter and we're going to get on with arriving in Twilight Tour. And Emma's comment about how it should be easy to find a frost giant in this town. Yes. Yeah. It should be pretty easy to find a frost giant in this town. Keyword should. Should. It should be easy. It should be really easy. Oh, wait. It should be really easy. For what? Hold, please. Is a giant an aberration celestial dragon elemental fey fiend or undead? Nope. A giant is a giant. Giant. Yeah. Damn it, well, I'm out. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> just chilling right there. We're just like looking yeah, at I would it. like to look for a tall ice guy. Uh, no Ooh. tall ice guys. Damn it. How about a tall frost guy? Uh, <laughs> big doors. From, from, this, uh, from this distance, you can't see a tall frost guy. Right, well, giant we're, we're, we're heading into a the giant, anyway. It's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Any giant <laughs> pumpkins or other assorted gourds of large size? <laughs> no. Gourds. <laughs> no. All right. You guys head on down to the town? Yep. Yep. It's a pretty small town. Um, whether yeah, it you was, said 10 buildings? Oh, yeah. It's like 10 buildings. And then, like I said, not even... Not even a palisade or a, like a wall, but more of like a stone fence. I mean, we're talking five feet tall, maybe. 
So Emma's clearly looking into town. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. As you guys walk up, you can very easily oh. look into town. And well, except for Cornelius and Viridian. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as you guys come walking into town, like anyone that sees you, you know, oh, good morning to you. Good morning. Oh, hello. hello hey, you know, everyone's waving, you know, all excited. Is it still morning? Or good day, good afternoon, whatever. High noon to you. <laughs> whatever. That's good job. We're going with good day. That's cowboy talk. Good early afternoon. Since everyone wants to day. be a good, oh, a good day to you. <laughs> How's it hanging? Uh, Long, at about four foot seven. That's oh. what I like to hear. Oh. Oh my god. Uh, that would be two measurements. Oh, I, I had the penis oh. joke today. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've had the penis joke in the comic. It is. I think so. <laughs> well, that's going to go on to the uh, yearly, uh, the the little, Question. the questions we're going to do for our one year anniversary. <laughs> Which episode was Quentin's first penis joke? Writing it down. That a while ago. <sighs> I may be a halfling, but it's only the upper half. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine uh, a three foot character with like two foot ten of leg and then like four <laughs> inches of body? <laughs> All I can yeah. think of is Austin Powers. No. <laughs> Mini feel like me, a tripod. Mini-me, stop yeah. having the laser. <laughs> laser beam. Anyways, anyway. Alright, so you guys are you guys are in this little town. Okay. You guys going for the tavern? You're just looking for a blue guy? What What's happening? Um, well, oh, Sovereign was coming to this town with a, presumably, potentially also looking for Harshnag, based upon their conversation the previous day. It, Maybe. So, uh, if you allow Sarvin to take the lead, is that what you're doing? Yeah, I think ah. Emma's Emma's kind of following Sarvin's lead. Okay. Because yeah, he knows this area, he knows these people. Mm-hmm. And and Pansy or Peter would allow this because um, I want to see what he does. Before we continue, can can um, I would Sarvin's uh, going to take Cornelius aside. Before we enter the town? Yeah, before we enter the town. Yeah, okay. Like, maybe you guys are, like, looking out at the town, like, kind of observing things, and he's gonna, say, grab his boss and pull him aside. Hey, boss. I know I'm not yeah. usually the serious one in our, uh, out of the, uh, but, listen, man, this, this traveling guy, he rubs me the wrong way. And you know how well I like to be rubbed. Um... <laughs> Either way, and uh, I don't know. You know, you know my background. You know where I'm from. The Fae is full of some wily characters, and sometimes they use things like figurines and other tricks to get things they want. I don't trust them, and I don't trust that little thing he gave you. I think you could leave it behind, yeah, or destroy it even if better. You're uh, you're pretty insightful with this kind of stuff, so uh, maybe we should get rid of it. 
and he's going to pull it out of his pocket and uh, and hand it to Torben and go, it could be a little bit taller, but I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> a little bigger in a lot of ways, I feel like. And uh, Torben's <laughs> going to uh, snap it in half. And, uh, and then, like, drop to the ground. You think maybe he... Um made a figurine for our fella here and he's going to point to the pit to the paper with the bounty on it I don't know I just don't like I don't I don't like it I don't know what what it is I could be totally off but it's just it's, it's, it's giving me bad vibes just the whole little trinket thing is giving me bad bad vibes and he's real he's real interested in our information but he's real standoff about his I don't think he realized I was listening yesterday when I was uh somewhat incapacitated but I heard a few things well perhaps we should keep our guard up then yeah I think so keep an eye out for uh, some of the less savory folks yeah I think I think Peter's on to something or he's on to it but uh, I, I don't know about the rest of the group let's keep this between the two of us for now Sure thing, buddy. Sounds good. Then I guess we'll... We rejoin the party? Yep. Alright, so if you guys are letting Sarvin take the lead, which it sounds like you are, is that correct? Yep. Then I must plan. Sarvin takes you to what looks like a, a very small tavern. I mean, obviously, you know, there's not very many people here. If there's only ten... 11 buildings at most. Uh, they probably don't see a whole lot of travelers as there's no real road to Twilight Tour. And so there's this inn, and it's a beautiful inn. Very well taken care of, very well sculpted. Everything is built of stone. And, uh, you know, it's... But it is a it is a small tavern. Only maybe seven tables. And from what you can see, it only looks like there's maybe four doors upstairs that overlook the actual bar tavern area very very small and you walk in and you hear from the back oh give me just one minute I'll be right with ya and you know 30 45 seconds you know this very very heavy stout dwarf comes walking out and he's got like this this burning I mean it I say burning. We're dealing with giants. Probably the wrong adjective. But this, like, <laughs> fire red beard and fire red hair comes out. Oh, welcome to the... Sovin! And he, like, comes waddling around the the bar, you know, and... and... Oh, lad, it's good to see ya! How have you been? And he, like, tries to give Sarvin a hug, but, you know... Sarvin being a half dragon is upwards of six foot. This dwarf is four foot tall and and damn near four feet round with with this big belly he's got. Ends up giving Sarvin like this half hug at about waist high. And uh, Sarvin kind of chuckles and and uh, it's been good. Things have been good. Um, listen, have you seen the Harshnag? Oh, uh, Hawksnag was here, but, uh, uh, two days ago, uh, he said he's been, 
scouring everything, looking for more giants. They're, uh, according to him, they're everywhere. Uh, according to what I've seen, that's true. Who, who are your friends, Sarvin? And Sarvin says, "Traveling they, companions for life, right uh, now." <laughs> Sarvin says, uh, "They're uh, they're traveling companions. They uh, they have information about the ordning." And this dwarf with this red beard, like his his eyes get real shallow. He goes, "Friendly, I hope." And once more, um, Emma amazingly kind of gets the hint on this, and she pulls out that Harper's ring and plays with it for a little bit, you know, long enough for the dwarf to see it before she puts it back in her pocket. Do they, uh, do they know Sarvin? Sarvin shakes his head. Oh. And he goes behind the bar. Tell me, uh, traveling companions of... Sarvin, have you ever been to the Moon Gleam Tower in Everland? Uh. Can Viridian roll a history? You can roll a history. Alright, Emma's gonna roll a history to see if she knows this, but her response is, uh, (coughs) not that I know of. What up? Emma on history. What's your what's what's your history? Okay. Okay, twenty one for Emma on history. Can I do an insight? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, actually, Emma's also gonna roll an insight because she's kind of so new with this. Wow. Um, twenty five. Twenty five. Oh. I can type twenty one for Emma on both rolls. And what was it called again? Uh, Moongleam Tower in Everlund. I was going to say, nope, but I can tell you where it is. <laughs> it's in Everlund? Yeah. <laughs> Your power of answer- observation, Cornelius, are literally unmatched. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Pansy has pretty much the same observation skills. So, uh, Pansy, with that that 25, like... These guys are obviously keeping secrets. I mean, obviously. They are withholding information from you. However, none of it seems to be ill intention. More for... The sick, like, like their safety in dealing mm-hmm. with you. They're being cautious. Yes, a ca- cautious may not even be the right word because they're not they're not being secretive with like talking in front of you about. They're obviously hinting at things right in front of you, so obviously they're not being cautious in that aspect. But they but are being, also kind of, yeah, yeah. They're also being secretive because they don't know any of you, like for their own safety. They're being secretive for their safety against you. Okay. 
Uh, Does Emma get any of that with her 21 insight? Uh, 21, uh, yeah, you get about the same thing. With the 21 okay. history, however, you know that uh, Everlund is a major town. Uh, what's, let's see, you guys are in Long Saddle. I think it's to the south something, south east, directly east. Uh, I don't know. I don't know its exact location. So I'll need. Oh yeah, there it is. Directly east on the other side of the Evermores. Um, Moonglean Tower, however, is a um, very prominent tower in the city of Everlund that is run by an organization, but no one really knows what the organization is. I hate secret societies. Um, okay. I like the orgy uh, one. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you this. I know, uh, I know where Hashnag went. In fact, or Harshnag. I, uh, sent him on his way to Mirabar. I can get you to Mirabar. It will not answer a lot of your questions, but I can get you there. Or... I could send you to a location to get your questions answered, and then hopefully you can catch up to Harshnag later, if that's who you're looking for. Mm. It's gonna be... Emma's gonna, like... have enough body language to show that she's thinking about this. Mm. And... Uh, do I know where Mirabar is? Directly north. It's up um, towards the spine of the world by Luskin. Kind of in the there direction you guys need to go. Yep. Which, okay, that's kind of what I wanted to see. Figure out. <sighs> kind of having an internal thought process with herself. And she's going to look at Peter. We do need to keep going north. We are supposed to get to Brimshander. Yeah. Brimshander? What are you headed to Brimshander for? I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> of course you don't remember. You weren't in Tribor. Morak has a message that we needed to pass on. Morak! That old bastard still lives? <laughs> he does. He does. What's the message that needs to be delivered to Bryn Shanders? Oh, that involves me pulling out my notebook. <laughs> we should for <laughs> the message ourselves. Yeah, I mean... We're kind of planning on delivering that message ourselves. Is Brimshander not safe? Well, I mean, it's up in the north with the ice giants. So if all the giants are acting up, it's definitely not safe. They've probably figured that out by now, though. Uh, I would I would assure you that was the case. Uh, I received word just a few days ago that Brimshander's was attacked by frost giants. 
it's not good. I'm trying to think of some kind of like not code word to give him, but like to tell him like the message we have to deliver, but like in a coded way. Like, uh, what is the message? The message. That <laughs> the message was cloud giants are attacking. The the message that you were supposed to take to Bryn Shander was giants are on the move, and that was the only person that Morak knew to contact was in Bryn Shander. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> The dogs of Twilight Tour. <laughs> Specifically. Didn't we have we to, to notify? We had to notify the Lords Alliance and the Harpers of the Cloud Attack, or the Cloud Giants Attack of Nightstone. But um, we were informing Marcom that old D. Olgar had passed had been killed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay, so the message you needed to deliver to Bryn Shander was that giants are on the move, and that was the only person that Morak knew from the Harpers was in Bryn Shander. Clearly, there are in a lot more places. But how do we know that these guys are like the good guys? What if like they know? Well, the way I see it is they already know that the giants are a problem. They know about the ordning and they know that we want to try and stop it. They're not trying to impede us. Yeah. Them learning that the ice giants attacked Nightstone is not going to give them any ammunition against us. The thing is, is I'm thinking like they what if they know the people that are trying to fix the ordning but for nefarious purposes is what I'm trying to get at. That's like, what I was thinking. Kill it. Mm, yeah, except Emma caught that that both of these people have been um, kind of happy that Morak's still alive, even mm. if Savarin has. So Emma actually believes they are on our side and that they both are probably Harpers, but aren't going to be saying it. Yeah, Pansy is kind of feeling the same way, even though she still doesn't really trust Savarin. Because of the, the idols that he's been carving. And his general sketchiness. Yeah. Meanwhile, Emma kind of sees that she can kind of be like that. Yeah. So she kind of she like, sees, kind of understands she sees the, his sketchiness. The, yeah, the spy side. She sees the the sketchy, like has to be secretive side of Pansy that Pansy doesn't see of herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 
Which is why she kind of also understands why Pansy's not necessarily going to trust him, but Emma is beginning to trust him. Can I roll like a d20 for like a secret handshake? (laughs) (laughs) I can see Cornelius trying to do a secret handshake and this dwarf and and Sonic just look at him. And and (laughs) Emma would probably have the same look on her face as they did. (laughs) It's like, wait, I messed up. I have to sashay first and then stick my hand out. Right. So clearly Brimshander knows what's coming on. If it makes you feel any better, most of the spine of the world knows what's happening, as well as Luskin Neverwinter and um, Waterdeep. So if everyone knows, what is it you two are hiding? If we're going to work together, I need to trust you a little bit more. Peter's just going to kind of puff himself up a little bit more to be seen than he has previously. The dwarf is just going to kind of look at you and say, and like, he's kind of looking at you, you know, little, little fat, very red, very red beard. And he kind of adjusts his glasses a little bit. And he goes, who's keeping secrets from who? Hmm. God damn it. Fucking glasses. Bullshit. You didn't tell me he had glasses on. He also kind of looks like the, um, the flyer I have, except the guy in the paper's got black hair. He has red hair. Because it was drawn in charcoal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's... According to Cornelius, everyone in this town looks like the charcoal drawing. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's a that's a need to know basis, and you don't need to know. Well. Then how are they going to trust us and show that we can trust them? I am already willing to help you far more than you have been willing to help me. And now you want to accuse me of not helping. You are more than welcome to walk to Mirabar or to Everlund. You will never catch Harshnag if that is the case. We don't want to catch him. You will never catch up to him. Oh. Uh, yes, I think <laughs> the right decision is for us to go to Maribar if we are going to do what we can to help bring, oh no, peace back into the world. Mirabar is where Harshnag is. Harshnag believes he knows at least a starting point and how to fix the ordning. If you have more questions about who we are and why we're trying to help you, I can send you to Everland. Everland. Sorry, words in this accent are hard. Into Everland, where you will receive more information, but Hoshnag is already beginning his quest. And I would prefer to go to Hoshnag. Say again, Torben. 
I think we need, if you look at the whole party, this, I think for now, whether we trust them or not, we need to work with them. And so we need to form, even if it's an uneasy alliance, uh, an alliance nonetheless. This infighting is not going to work, is what I'm trying to say. We all have the same goal, so let's do it. And what you say matches with what Zephyros told us, is that Harshag had more information that could help us help fix this. Help fix this. So, I, at least, am going, would like to go to Mirabar. Again, and she looks at the people she's been traveling with, uh, other than Sarvin. This has been kind of the path I've been set on from the beginning. The rest of you just fell in with me. I will not make this decision for you, but I am going to Mirabar. I am going to Mirabar as well. Um, Mr. Dwarf, sir, sorry, I didn't catch your name. I haven't given my name yet. <laughs> um, do you know if Neverwinter has been attacked yet? I have not heard if they have been attacked yet or not. I am willing to keep my ears open, if that will satisfy your curiosity. It will. Thank you, Mr. Dwarf, sir. I'm Viridian, by the way. And he just kind of nods his head and says, All right. Five to Mirabar, then? Are you coming, Viridian? Um, Cornelius Thor, are you also coming? Yeah, it uh, sounds like uh, you ladies are going to need some protecting. He's going to yeah. have a little bit. Lots of protecting. <laughs> it just kind of like rolls her eyes. Peter chuckles. Sarvin, are you coming? Nope. My adventure ends here. He writes down, like, a little note and hands it to you, Emma. He says, when you get to Mirabar, hand this to the stable hand. And as as he's, like, doing that, um, you see the dwarf behind the the bar, he's like rummaging through a bunch of booze and pulls out this bottle at the very, very back. And it's this very, it's actually a really ugly looking bottle. And he pulls out five little shot glasses and pours it and pushes it to the five of you. Uh, travel by potion? <laughs> and he puts the bottle down and he says, Harshnags and Mirabal, the stable hand will have more information for you. Do you drink the drink? Do you drink the drink? 
Does Here goes nothing. Avoid it, Mr. Dwarf, sir. What, what does Viridian say? Does this have alcohol in it, Mr. Dwarf, sir? Right, because she doesn't drink. you drink the drink? Emma does. Emma Kay. basically raises her glass and says, here goes nothing, and downs it. Okay. Emma, gone. Glass literally shatters on the floor. Peter, seeing that, is gonna go, damn it, and shoot the drink. <laughs> gone. Glass shatters on the floor. Reading will have the drink. Tastes like orange juice. And boop, poof, gone. Glass so going to look at Cornelia and uh, he's going to say, side, boss, and do like a bang, stop. And the whole party is dead. And the whole party is dead. Went, poof. The end. You <laughs> 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 nice were mad about you guys role playing outside of the game is, than, than you guys right. thought you were. <laughs> 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 Okay. Hey, I I will I will write this thousand word. <laughs> so, Emma, you're you're the first one. You're standing there. You take the drink, and before like the glass, even like you could even bring your hand a, away from your mouth. You're standing in a stable, in about chest high of hay. Well, she's going to wade out of that hay since she doesn't know how close her party is going to appear next to her. Oh, they, they appear in position of where they drink. Like, literally, like, you okay, drink it, okay. and then right behind you, there's Emma. You just kind of hear, like, the ruffling of hay. Just, you know. Uh, and then Viridian. Viridian, you are Probably surrounded in head. darkness. You are surrounded in darkness. Like, you are in something. You can still breathe. But something is covering you. And then Corbin and Cornelius, like... I stick my hands up straight. (laughs) And Cornelius is the same thing. You you pop up and you're surrounded by something. You can breathe fine. Um, But yeah, you are... are... He's going to jump out and go, ah! And then, like, (laughs) with his little... (laughs) He's a dog that's jumping through the snow that's too high. Oh yeah. my god. Emma will pull Viridian out. Corbin will snatch up his boss. Wave, uh, wade through <clears throat> the hay um, and look for the stable hand. And uh, as you guys are kind of like, you know, pulling yourself out of the hay, there's this little red-headed dwarf standing there leaning against a, a, a hoe. He's got uh, overalls and straw in his beard and everything, and he he just says, uh, Where'd the five of you come from? A place called Twilight Tour. And Emma will pull out the note and hand it to the dwarf. All right. I presume you're the stable hand. Uh, that's me, Zasper Bronzefire. Jasper? Zasper with a Z. Zasper with a Z. Yeah. Two Z's, in fact. Z A Z S P A R. Zasper. <laughs> it's like Zasperilla, but with Z's. Uh, I, I like Zasperilla. Um, what was his name? Zasper the what? Zasper Bronzefire. 
Bronze fire. Okay. Oh, I'm Emma Sunshine. Nice to meet you. Uh, and uh, looks right here, you've been uh, you've been authenticated by Zarvin. So you guys are good to use this circle anytime you need it. Cool. Wondering if they actually teleported or if they just got knocked out and drunk and they just pulled them like behind the place and <laughs> threw them in the head. <laughs> Well, does this circle go many places? Uh, I've never used a circle before. Yeah, so this circle can take you back to Everlund if you haven't been to the other five. Unfortunately, I can't send you back to Twilight Tour. I ain't got none of that fancy moonshine like my brother does. And like when he starts to say moonshine, like Emma covers Viridian's ears because she knows she doesn't drink. Oh, I just don't know what else to call it other than moonshine because it ain't juice but it ain't a potion but it's you know it makes you travel real far and sometimes moonshine can do that too yeah kind of like magic it's cool gotcha gotcha gotcha. do you have any moonshine Uh, no well I mean I mean I do but not not on me where could one buy uh, potions of inebriation around here uh, probably at the tavern, but you could you could have got it at Twilight Tour for half the price. I don't know why you came here. Well, looking for Hoshnag. Oh, Hoshnag just left, like not even five minutes ago. Great. What direction? Uh, he said he was heading. Uh, he was heading west to Valley of Kedron. If you uh, if you hurry, you could probably catch him before he leaves town. And that is what Emma is going to do. Emma, let's get a new well, start. Don't you think it'd be wise? If you want to catch up with me later, catch up with me later. I don't have time for the drinking things. We're going now, I'm, says Peter. I'm, I'm calculating the stride of the giant and the stride of my half-lick legs. Like, <laughs> we have to catch up. All right. Come on, boss. I'll, and he's going to pick up Cornelius. And and in the same vein of thought, Emma will piggyback Viridian. Yay! Piggyback rides! All right, so you guys start running? Uh, you know, like, not running, but like a gentle, fast pace. Right. You know, like we're power walking at the mall. Yeah. Power, we're power walking through the market. <laughs> okay. As, uh, as you guys go running by Zasper, you know, you guys start running and, you know, it kind of catches him off guard and knocks him off balance and he ends up dropping that, you know, that piece of paper. And the camera kind of, like, stays in the stable and starts lowering as you guys go running out. We see the paper gently kind of float to the floor and the camera's angled just perfect to where you could see it. And it just says, access to the circles. Sarvan... Olgarth's son. Oh. Yeah. Wait, why does that name sound familiar? Because the, the ring that Emma has in her pocket was his. D. Algar H. Dun dun. Dun. Oh. 
So a few minutes oh, yeah, later, as you guys are running through Mirabar, which none of you have been to Mirabar before, you're running through Mirabar to the east entrance where you were told Harshnag would be. And I thought you said west. Oh, I'm, so- west. I'm sorry, east. My apologies. Okay, he is headed. He's headed east. I was I was probably looking right. at Valley of Kedrun. He's accessing the west side of the Valley of Kedrun, coming from you know Mirabar, which is oh okay. Anyways, anyways okay. to the east entrance of the city, and as you guys are like getting closer to the entrance of the city, you can kind of see like a larger figure in the distance, and you kind of see people doing like double takes and kind of you know. All, almost a little panicked about seeing a frost giant. And then you kind of hear this laughter. <laughs> you human are quite funny. And you kind of see him lean down and he just kind of like pushes the guard out of the way. And you hear, no one gets in the way of Hoshnag when he has taken a quest. Now, you can stay over there like a good little human that you are. And the guard just kind of like, uh, okay. I'm glad that we understand each other now. (laughs) Have a wonderful day. And he stands up again and like, you can see these huge horns coming off this like bleached white helmet, like the back of the helmet as he begins to like duck under the gate to go out of the town. Okay. Emma's gonna wait till they make it to the gate before she calls his name. Do you guys, um, like, get out of the town? Like, standing at the gate next to the guards? Like, how do you... And how do well, you like, shout like, his name? Like, be like, Hashtag! <laughs> it's better than what i do. I'd be like, yeah, to the guard. How dare you stop the powerful Harshnag? I was like, don't worry, he's on our side. Harshnag! Uh, uh, <laughs> Harshnag, you know, kind of stops and turns. And he is a huge frost giant. Uh, roll a history check for those that are proficient in history. Woohoo! Nope. That's me. That's Emma. Oh, my point. 21 for Emma. 24 Viridian. 20. Four Viridian or 24? Two zero. Four Viridian. Okay. So both of you have a a vague understanding of the giants. You know, spent some time with Zephyros and he explained, you know, the giants and and stories and all that stuff. Yeah. So like Frost Giants, you guys have a basic understanding of being somewhere in the ballpark of like 12 to 14 feet tall. This frost giant is easily the same height as Zephyros. He is humongous, at least 17 feet tall. And as he turns back to look at you, you notice that his helmet is the bleached skull of a dragon. You still have the eye sockets and like the lower section of the helmet is actually like the bottom jaw of the dragon, so he, like, opens the dragon's mouth to protect the rest of his face. And he's carrying the largest 
fucking great axe you've ever seen. Damn, that's a nice helmet. And, and he looks back and he says, Who calls for Hoshnag? Am I sunshine, friend of Zephyros? <laughs> Zephyros, a name I have not heard in ages. And he like walks forward, but it's not a walk. It's almost like he's excited to hear about Zephyros. So he's kind of like jolly moving quickly. And he kneels down and it's like... It literally feels like the maw of this dragon is coming down to scoop all five of you up as he, awesome. like, kneels down above you. Oh, and how hell Zephyros? Well, hopefully he's mending. Um, thankfully... He crashed. Castle crashed. His tower was crashed. Like, we saw people attack it. Thankfully, he is with, um... A dragon friend. Zephyros! Someone attacked Zephyros's tower! Yes! Oh, that old man is the kindest man I have ever met. Small folk or giants right? alike. Who attacked him? Uh, who attacked him? It was more storm giants, wasn't more it? More storm giants. The storm giants. Yeah. The storm giants, you say? That's who we saw? Those storm giants have gone mad since the disappearing of King Hecaton. Uh, yes, the ordining. Yes, Zephyros told us about the ordining, and he told us that you might be able to give us more information. I am definitely here to help write this. Well... In that case, I hope you're prepared to travel with the great Hoshnag. Because we have a journey to make to go see the Eye of the All-Father. And we'll see you next week. Oh, I like the Eye. E-Y-E. You talking about Odin? We talking about it? Uh, it's, it does, I believe the All Father is potentially kind of